This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome to The Gospel for Life. We've been working our way through Ken Sandy's book, The Peacemaker, talked about glorifying God. We've been working in the section of the book, the second G of get the log out of your own eye. We've talked about repentance, trying to figure out our role in each of the conflicts. And today, or yesterday, we just began looking at the seven A's of confession. Address everyone involved, avoid if, but, and maybe. Admit specifically, acknowledge the hurt, accept the consequences, alter your behavior, and finally ask for forgiveness. We looked at address everyone involved yesterday. That brings us to the second A, and I'm just going to throw these out and let you guys then develop thoughts about them. And the second A of confession is avoid if, but, and maybe. Or avoid the fake apology. Yeah. Right, a backhanded uh, accusation, really. Those things are uh, excuses. If you you know, if you've added those words, if, but, maybe, perhaps, possibly, they're ex- they're excuses, and they have a tendency to cancel out everything you've said. I'm sorry, I did this to you, but I'm sorry, I did this to you. If things had been different, you know, you're basically saying disregard the above statement. Um, I'm really not and. People read those things. And this is why somebody says, well, they didn't forgive me. Um, you know, I went to them and I talked to them. You've actually canceled out your confession before yeah. them. Yep. Right. If you asterisk your confession, <laughs> then it's not a confession. <laughs> right. Is what I tell my kids, what I tell people that I, I'm counseling at church. Um, anytime you add any of these disclaimer statements, you actually have not done a confession. Yep. Yeah, it appears to minimize the problem and excuse your guilt, and so so you've basically watered down the the confession. The chances of reconciliation are minimized in that in that instance because it just continues. And if we feel like we have to say those things, then that's an issue of pride that we need yeah. to confess. It's a heart issue. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. back up. And start self-examination again. Yes, yes. Yep. Go back, back to step to, one. Yeah. <laughs> the third A is to admit specifically. I think this is a place too where it's helpful to ask questions of the person you've offended. Like, is there anything else I've done that's hurt you? So you might have some things in your mind that you've done after examining yourself, but this is also a place where you can open yourself up for the other person to speak into your confession. Say, is there anything else you feel that I've done to offend you? Mm-hmm. So that way you're, you are addressing the specific things. But again, don't minimize, don't marginalize, address the, the things you've done that the Lord has revealed to you after examining yourself specifically. And I think it, it's important in that specific admission that you uh, actually 
recognize with that person that I've not only sinned against you, I've sinned against God. I've yep. sinned against, you know, God has told me to do X. I didn't do that. Yeah, I yeah. sinned against him as that's well good. as involving you in this uh, as well. Hmm. You know, and that's an important thing. You know, you can, you can imagine perhaps a young couple who have been, yeah. uh, you know, who have sinned. You know, I've led one other person into sin. I sinned, but I also led you into sin. Uh, you know, I need to tell you that you know, I sinned against God, not just against you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to be careful that if it's a vague confession that we have not truly examined our role. Right. The more specific you are is the more ownership is involved. Instead of saying, I'm, I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings, mm-hmm. as opposed to, I'm sorry that I said yeah. this yeah. and that I acted specifically this way yeah. and that I did another thing. And then there's more ownership there. And the more general, the more vague you are, the less you've really wrestled with the sin that you've committed in in the instance. I think somebody said that uh, the conf- uh, there's there's counterfeit confessions, and we can probably include them later. But uh, the the politicians' confession mm-hmm. errors were made. It is <laughs> done in the passive voice, you know. So so it really negates you ex- accepting responsibility. You know, it's like the captain of the uh, Titanic. Icebergs were hit. That's right. (laughs) The fourth A is acknowledge the hurt. Why is this so important? Uh, Sin is hurtful. It needs, if we have truly, especially in the context this is a conflict, and we're talking about conflict resolution, there are emotions involved, and there are wounds that are made. And if we're coming to confess our sin, a part of that, we need to acknowledge that we have actually hurt the individual. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. when you're apologizing, the other person might even say, it's okay. And I think at that point in this category, you say, no, it's not, not okay. okay. Yep. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I did this and I did this to you and I hurt you in this way. And I think that's that's important to acknowledge that you understand the extent of the wrong that you did on them, like mm-hmm. what effect that it could have had, mm-hmm. right? Um, and not try to just slide it under the rug. It's it wasn't okay because right. I hurt your feelings, and, and it's I think, not okay. I embarrassed you. It's, on the other hand, as you are receiving that confession, uh, you know, as you said, you don't want to say it's okay. You want to you you do want to help them work through that and. And get to that, you know. We talk about uh, counterfeit confessions. You know, there's, you know, you could be admitting. You could say, "Okay, I did that, so shoot me." <laughs> you know, right, right. I, I admit it, so shoot me. You know, um, I'm sorry and, your feelings are hurt. Yeah, right. And so, it's not just admitting specifically these things um, and apologize, but you have to apologize for them. You have to regret the hurt that you've caused. In doing that, the reason why it's important as far as confession and resolution is that the person that we're confessing to, it lets them know that we actually have thought through this and we know what we are actually confessing. Yep. And we're not just trying to save face and move past. Mm-hmm. The fifth A is to accept the consequences. And this is one of the ways that you demonstrate true repentance. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because as you accept the, the consequences – what you're saying is, I know I did wrong. I'm going to confess that, but also own the 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 appropriate consequences for my action. Yeah, you have every right to be upset with me. Mm-hmm. You have every right, and 
This is something that probably even when we're doing our confession, we don't, particularly when you really, you know, oftentimes in marriage, you know, we think, we think that, yeah, I, I've dealt with counseling, you know, and so somebody, somebody comes in and they do make that uh, apology. They expect uh, forgiveness by just simply saying that. You have to accept consequences. Mm-hmm. You have to say, you have every right to be upset with me and, you know, you have, you have that right to hold me accountable on this mm-hmm. and not just like you know, we'll sweep it under the rug. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of thing. So you accept I, the consequences for your actions. And some the of those phrase "I'm sorry" are, is not a magic eraser, right? And, right? and those consequences can be devastating. You know, it's if you cheat on your spouse and you become convicted of it and you confess. I mean, we, you have to realize that you can lose your family, you can lose your spouse because that is a sin that God says, yes, you can divorce in that. Yeah, I mean, just, if you are abusive and you need to confess that, you will, you might have to lose what you have because right. of what you have done. Same thing, same thing in a job situation. If you've done something and you've done something wrong and you go in and the, this confession has taken place, you accept the, res- the responsibility that came with that. You accept the consequences that you may lose that uh, position. Mm-hmm. You might lose the job, you might lose the advancement, you might lose any of those things. Same thing about cheating at school, you know, mm-hmm. except the consequences. You don't get a chance to take the test over. Mm-hmm. Um, those kind of things, you have to recognize what that sin did. Mm-hmm. And if you're a criminal that gets convicted of their of their own crime and turn themselves in, you have to realize you will, you may go to jail for what you've done, and that doesn't absolve you of that. The six A is alter your behavior. So this is that second half of repentance, mm-hmm. kind of that turning toward Christ. So you're turning away from sin, you're turning away from the negative, mm-hmm. hurtful activity, and then you're you're moving toward the positive change. So mm-hmm. if if you're in the midst of conflict because of your hurtful tone and words, then the, the commitment to alter your behavior is then to speak with gentleness, to speak with kindness, to, mm-hmm. to change the tone of voice. Right, and Paul well, we, addresses that with stealing. I mentioned, you know, yeah, the crime earlier. Like, you know, stop, stop stealing. I'm paraphrasing. Stop stealing and get a job and use your hands productively so that you could provide your own needs mm-hmm. and also help those. Be generous. Need. I love that verse. So. And I think that it helps when you're dealing with this conflict. You're explaining specifically to that person how you're going to change. How you're going to change. You're, you, you'll know that you you will know that i've accepted responsibility for you this you will know that i've accepted the consequences for this when you see that i'm doing xx and x yeah. when you see that i've made these changes when those you know you can check you can check these things and know that i'm following through with what i said i so, think john another one of the things you said earlier is making sure that you're addressing god or acknowledging that what you failed to do is what god might have commanded you to do when you pair that with this one and say, I recognize that God has called me to speak to you lovingly and I have not done that. And so I'm going to commit to what God has called me to in the new behavior. That's a mm-hmm. great framework for how to frame this, altering your behavior as you talk about it. Yeah. Confession looks backwards and forwards. Yes. Mm-hmm. It acknowledges what happened in the past and it's a commitment to change in, in the future. And um, what we used to tell our kids is by saying you're sorry, you're also committing to change your behavior, yeah. that if you don't actually commit to change your behavior, then you're actually not sorry, that it's both and. 
And, and, and particularly if you're talking about two people that are estranged you know, from one another, you know, that they don't know that you've changed until you demonstrate that change. So this is an important aspect of that. And the final A is to ask for forgiveness and allow time. Yeah, this is, forgiveness is not instantaneous. So you may have worked all the way through the seven A's and got to the last one. You've still got to allow that person to work through their process. You, you, if you live with an expectation of instantaneous forgiveness, mm-hmm. you'll be sorely disappointed. Well, we yeah. do. We we know that we have that with God. Yes, right. We know that uh, we know that we have forgiveness with Him. You know, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us of our unrighteousness. You know, Peter also understood some of this, and he said, "How many times do I have to forgive my brother? Mm-hmm. You know, is, is seven times enough? Because he keeps doing the same thing." Mm-hmm. And the and the 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 point is, is that you know, the, on the other side of this. They need to know that you have changed. You know, we can't force them to forgive us. So they need to, you need to allow for time. And you may have to go, keep going back through all six steps. You may have to do this time and time and time again as, as you are seeking that reconciliation with them. The key difference between us and God is that he knows our heart mm-hmm. and he knows what he's been doing yeah. in our hearts and he knows yeah, and the promise he made to forgive us, we need to see fruit. We can only judge what we can see outside. Yeah, yeah. With the with this first six A's, they're not a one off. They're something that you will continue to do. Mm-hmm. And the other person just might need time to to process. And mm-hmm. so, just don't pressure them to have to say, "I forgive you right away." It's true. As a Christian, we need to forgive other people, but it, it, that also is a process. Mm-hmm. Um, just as you came to a point of repentance, they might need to come to a place of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Well, you have been listening to the Gospel for Life, and hopefully we will continue working through the Peacemaker tomorrow. <laughs>